welcome to the Ransomware Battleground, where we dive into the world of cybersecurity and hear firsthand from those that are deep in the fight to protect your data and peace of mind. Think your network is secure? Let's check out how secure you really are with this week's chat. Ransomware in Esports Part 2, a more technical deep dive. I'm joined today, as always, with Paul Fredrickson, cybersecurity consultant, and we welcome back Nigel LeBlanc, CEO and founder of the Cyber Warrior Network, connecting cyber pros to cyber roles using Cyber Wraith, the first cyber gaming universe that leads to a real-world job. Since we are chatting in more depth about ransomware and the world of esports, we welcome Hinio Ochoa, CISO of the Cyber Warrior Network. You may be familiar with Kiggs Ochoa, a reformed hacktivist, and his little history with the FBI. Stay tuned for the launching of the Cyber Warrior podcast to learn more. I'm your host and moderator, Sia Yasotornrat. Before we get started, I've got to give a shout out to our sponsor, Airgap, the best defense against ransomware. With the Zero Trust Isolation Platform, Airgap confines ransomware to a single device. Put an end to threat propagation and protect your infrastructure in minutes, not months. And now, let's enter the battleground. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground. We're here for part two, ransomware, cybersecurity versus esports. I cannot tell you how excited I am with, I thought we had a great conversation, Nigel. So thank you for uh, coming back again. Paul, my illustrious cohort, co-host, partner in crime. And because episode two is going to be digging deeper into the tech side of things, uh, Nigel recommended that we bring in Hinio Ochoa to join us. And if anyone knows who Hinio Ochoa is, I don't want to go into too much for this episode, but let's just drop a hint here and say um, when the Cyber Warrior Network podcast is launched, you'll learn everything you'll need to know about Higgs. So, hey, Higgs, welcome to the ransomware. Hi, thank you guys for having me. How are you all doing today? Doing great. Good to see you. Good to meet you. Nigel's like, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Just let's get going with the nerd (laughs) talk. Oh no, no! You got to, you got to let you let you finish speak, right? <laughs> no, don't. Honestly, right now, with the way my voice is hoarse, just talk over me, guys. Have at it. But okay, so let us talk about. I had mentioned it in the previous episode that the uh, with the pandemic, we're seeing a huge increase in ransomware activity. A lot of hacker groups have stepped up their game. Some of them have. Um, you know, uh, embraced uh, multiple tactics. Some have just exploited simple, um, well-known uh, attacks methods, and just kind of exploited because everyone's there's a higher quanti- uh, quantity of folks online, especially around games and video games. And let's be honest, with esports rising, uh, they're expecting it to be over two billion dollar industry by next year. Um, there's going to be additional components of pure online uh, interaction to the stadium and event experience, which was really about to really blow up and then the pandemic happened. So um, Higgs, if I may, I want to lean very heavily on you because you're the CISO, CISO, whatever you guys pronounce it, of the Cyber Warrior Network. Can you just help me understand with everything I just mentioned, why do you think both players and devs need to work in unison to protect themselves against these potential threats? Well, I think from a, from a top down, um, everyone is in this uh, uh, for security, right? That's, we, everyone has to be uh, uh, responsible for their own security. Um, you have so many aspects 
of said security. We got pipelines for the game, right? You got pipelines for backends of games. Uh, you have um, third-party tools left and right that you're that you're interacting with uh, just to play the game or in the process of playing said game. Um, and and if everyone didn't take the their own little uh, pizza island and say, I'm going to secure me up. Um, I think we, we end up where we have open portals everywhere where people can just log in and steal our data. Uh, passwords are weak, right? Um, and and so from that perspective, uh, yeah, it's, it's everyone's responsibility. Everyone's. No, I appreciate that. So Paul, it looks like you're about to say something. I'm always about to say something, but it's the, <laughs> it's, you know me, I always like to say zero trust at least a hundred times. And then the whole hashtag and then the whole you know internal versus external security conversations because you know in the olden days it was all an external security was an external function uh, but that's back in the happier nicer days of the internet and now we're in the days of we're going to hack you for money so you know it pretty much everything has to be your web camera your toaster your refrigerator your toothbrush that you know make sure that you brush up and down side to side and not side to side you know you don't want your doctor finding that out right so you know you got to make sure that the sonic care is is secured yeah well, no there's, there's a lot of angles there too right <laughs> right i'm oh, sorry there, there, there's so many angles uh like you said when you when you get down to it, it's all basic stuff vpns right zero mm -hmm. trust all this this basic fundamental stuff um, use the same password everywhere please right <laughs> use password manager 2fa all of it and and um, you just got to get that culture, get it going to people's mm -hmm. minds that, hey, if we just, let's be secure, then we'll all be secure. Um, and then once you take away that avenue, now you're just dealing with phishing and awareness training and that kind of thing, in my opinion. So let me ask you guys this, and with gamers in, in, in particular. So um, you've got the more mature gamers that have been there since day one. And then you've got the, you know, the millennials and the Gen Zs where they're just native. Like they, this has always existed in their world, right? Do you think that that awareness is there or do you think that we have to educate them more because they don't even know that this exists or do they know it exists? Well, it's rather whether it's that instant, right? Like you just want to log into your game. You don't want to mm -hmm. log into your game, pick up a token, hit a button, come over here and accept this in your email. So it's on the developers. It's on the people who, who are, are, are in these pipelines to make these login solutions, these um, uh, game solutions, 2FA solutions, you know, YubiKey, all these different solutions that you can use. Uh, it's up to them to really say, okay, let's make this easy, right? Let's make it um, so where the user enjoys it, everybody has a good time, uh, and it's as transparent but still as secure as possible. I think kind yeah, of falls. It's, it's it's built in and it's good product design, right? Because you know, there's uh, I'm currently in the in the medical space again, and you know, we have to deal with things like patients want to you know have their information across text messages, and that brings it up into a, a real nasty little kind of thing of like, well, you know, text messages aren't really secure, and this is you know private data that we're trying to send across that you know kind of has HIPAA high tech regulations behind it, so we kind of want to make sure it's 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 secure so, so it's oh i'm sorry go ahead paul no go ahead so this this goes back to a point that we talked about last week guys when we were talking about the um uh secure applications and, and with the developers right so um i think to to touch on 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 your your question and piggyback of what paul and hino just said it really starts from that fundamental level right within your own kind of um uh, area of influence so to speak right um, so if you're responsible for security, then um, 
you know, and you're a developer, then that's where you kind of focus on. Um, and if you are the actual end user, and we all know that's the weakest link, right? Um, you know, so with that being said, um, the professionals or we as professionals, we have to do everything from a programmatic standpoint or an a actual application standpoint to try to alleviate um, the uh, the probability of error on the uh, on the user, on the end user, so to speak. Well, there's that one famous person that just crashed Bitcoin that said all in, you know all input is error. So. Yeah, yeah, but how how true is that though, right? All, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the core belief of zero trust, right? You can't trust anybody. Yeah, you're my you're in my org. Welcome to my org. I love you. Here's everything you need to access. But I swear I don't trust you for anything. And mm -hmm. as wisely shouldn't because <laughs> I I've said this repeatedly. I am that end user from hell. In fact, Paul had sent me a text the other day and because I trusted Paul, and I know Paul like is legit. I didn't even think twice. I just clicked the link. And then all of a sudden when I just stopped, literally right after I hit uh, the, the link, I recognized it as a South Korean uh, URL. And I'm like, oh crap. And then I texted him. I said, did you send me a text? And he's like, yeah, I did. I sent you a funny Korean uh, commercial. UFO burger. How could you not want to open up UFO burger? And I like, totally hacked you. No, I was in massive panic. I started Googling. I'm like, what my mobile device? I, I think I got hacked and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I was freaking out. And he's like laughing at me. He's like, you blah, blah. And I'm like, and then he sent me an, an American-based link. But I was like, but I think human nature inherently is trusting, especially if it's coming from a source you trust. So again, no matter how much training that there is, you guys, I can't help but think that's just a stronger case for the concept of zero trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, and the hardest part is always implementation, right? I mean, I think fundamentally a lot of these things are really easy. It's really easy for you to check to make sure that the CEO at email is actually from your CEO, right? That's mm -hmm. a really easy thing to do. Right. The hard part is displaying that and showing that to the end user and letting them understand what that means to them. Hey, we check this is not from your actual CEO. Um, or this and, random uh, number in New York isn't your <laughs> bank. Right, you know, right. The bank, the bank usually texts you with a five-digit phone number, not a ten-digit. You know, so and, and and generally they don't ask you in text what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> or over email, uh, and the IRS is not suspending your uh, social security, and, and it's it's just this basic um um thing. And but it's the same thing with programmers, right? Uh, uh, one of the issues I would say would be that like think this Python vulnerability that recently came out. Um, because it, the way that it was dealing with um, the input of IP addresses, if you put in a local IP address, it would warp it, right? Mm. Octoline, change it. And now, now you have a, a IP pointing to a Ukrainian, like uh, um, CNC server, possibly, right? You don't know. You don't know. Um, and so those kind of vulnerabilities, the, the developers come up with that same thing. I think it, to say that all end users, um, I think we got to remember that, that means the developers. Some of us that are really trained in this. Man, we just sometimes if I got to install an app, I'm boom, 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 hitting boom. I'm not checking my repositories. I'm expecting my operating system to do that, right? If I'm in a quick dev, if I'm living off the land, I need to know right now what is this, what are we doing, and sometimes if if yeah, that's a great way to catch it, you know? Yeah, no. So I was just thinking, okay, so okay, initially, you know, when I was talking to another individual who isn't interested in esports gaming video game industry and they know nothing about security so aka i was talking to my mom <laughs> and but she brought in a really interesting question she's like well 
why would anyone want to really hack? I mean, who wants to hack into a game? So can we talk about how game and gaming has evolved? Because now um, you got those crown jewel assets like in-game currency, ID information, um, you know, the resources and all that stuff. So, um, you know, Nigel, I, I feel like uh, I need to give you some love here, my friend. Yeah. What What is that? How's it evolved? Explain it to mom, please. So why. <laughs> You can just so, say it's for you, Sia. It's fine. I got your case, me. <laughs> so, it, I mean, in, in this day of digital currency, right? And from, from everything from, um, you know, your your Bitcoins and all the way down to, um, you know, uh, what's it called? V-Bucks, right? These are all valuable Doge assets, coins. right? Coins. So, um, you know, on every major platform has some version of these virtual currency. Right. Um, and and with that being said, I can tell you that every video game, uh, either retailer, um, you know, from your GameStops to, you know, PlayStations, they have um, been fighting that battle for a very long time. Right. Where people will go in and you, you have to understand, hey, if you get a thousand points from, you know, from Henio's um, account and then, you know, Paul. Um, you know, he donated 2,500. That 3,500 could be equal to, you know, a brand new PlayStation 5, right? So, and then you start to see the losses there, right? So, so if I already have 10 PlayStation 5s, I'm going to sell the other four. That's hard cash or even just get Bitcoin for it, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there is actual value being, um, being exchanged here. But if you want to think about it from a, a, a bigger um, level and and I think Hinio has a lot to share on this. Is um, you know you you think about uh, the Twitch streams right and your YouTube. These are all marketing channels, and with the marketing channels, everybody knows that in in esports and video games is content. All right, it, you know the the, the you you'll see um, the latest Call of Duty. They'll start promoting these um, these um, commercials two months in advance, right? Because I know, right? I look forward to, to this. <laughs> but so just imagine, right? If you had all of your data and your content hijacked, right? And you can't now monetize off of that. And your competitors are now, you know, moving into that that, that and taking ownership of, of your market. So it's, it's, it's pretty um, important, I should say, um, for you to be able to protect that. And I'll, I'll pass it over to either Paul or Hino. Well, I mean, I, I have to agree with you, and I would even argue uh, reputation is important for that alone, right? Just for Twitch reputation. But if this goes back to before, you know, video games back in Ultima Online days, for those gamers that, that may know, uh, World of Warcraft, and even before then, uh, that's where that's where the money is money's at, right? Like, you have an item. Uh, if I can hack your account, I could probably sell your account, steal your gold, sell off the gold, sell the items in, in uh, other ways and any way that you can transfer that digital currency into money there's going to be a way to scam it and uh the pay to play uh to the the you know um full on hey you can just go buy an account because you want that level because you want to play that new content all of it's available you can buy right game cards of all kinds um i don't know that it's something that can be easily stopped but there are ways to secure against those kind of attacks well, yeah, so just because just because people don't understand the value that's in the system doesn't mean there isn't value in that system. Because like I had a friend who was one of those, what do you call them, like sneakerheads or whatever, would go and collect all those weird vintage shoes. Everybody and, likes getting sniped by shoe bots, man. 
<laughs> but holy, I mean, like some of the early like Air Jordans and whatever, they cost more than my car. And yeah. you're just like, I don't get it. But, you know, somebody wants that pair of sneakers and they're going to, you know, spend tens of thousands of dollars on that. Like, OK, you know, but that's value. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so hard, right? Because mm -hmm. as a defender, how am I going to protect your company if I don't totally understand the information that you're trying to protect? goes down to core assets of those basic things know your assets know your uh what your crown jewels are make sure you can protect them with with you know tools that you have and your staff is trained to use um and you're, you have better chance to to not be as bad if if you know per you miss a a, a programming error and you get completely hacked so and, see, and I, then I, also I think... have good backups in case if you do get hacked you don't have to actually pay the ransom yeah, that too that too yeah again basics right and, and that's the thing that i think we take we take for granted um a lot of us who maybe didn't have as uh, uh the newer newer age training hey dude, you make so, backup so there's so also a lot of folks nowadays that don't even want to go through i and i'll i'll, I'll proclaim a little age here you know I, I used to set up data centers like now amazon and, and google and uh, and, you know, Microsoft Azure, they've all taken that away. People are just like, well, you used to go in a cold room and have to like plug these heavy, you have to put these heavy servers in a rack and then bolt them in and then get power and networking to them and then set up all this stuff. Like, why didn't you just go to Amazon? I was like, because it didn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> did, did not, did not. So you see, I, I think to your, your point and what Higgs kind of talk, talked about was, um, what is the actual um, assets, right? Mm -hmm. Defining that. So if you have somebody in your organization or is responsible for marketing or even security and you are a content company and they don't think that the content is the absolute, you know, holy grail, you know, um, uh, then there's a, definitely a problem there, right? So uh, I think to both your, your point there, um, you can find that intersection. No, no, absolutely. And and you've just pointed out what I was saying. I didn't mention earlier is the fact everything's hosted. It, it's 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 all virtual, right? And that's what's what's crazy about it because again, it's intangible, but yet so tangible when it comes to the monetization of it. So okay, well, let's talk about ransomware as a service in general, just higher higher level. So um, when Cyberpunk twenty seven seven came out, right, it got hacked and they ransomed them and they did not pay. So um, do you guys know the details on that? It was project, CD Project Red, I think, is the the company. Uh, they still don't know who the threat actors are, um, and they didn't pay. Do, do you? Should you pay, or is it games enough where you're like, eh, you got my source code, have at it, and we'll just do something else? I mean, you're talking about intellectual property, right? I mean, it's it's 2021 now, and uh, you have whole nation states going against IP across the range. You got it from whether it's biotech or biofuel, right? Like depending on where it is, there's someone coming after. And I think games are no different. They've had hackers from, you know, back in the Xbox days, right? People, uh, some of the youngest hacks, uh, some guy walks in and just, boop, just had a, her, or I'm sorry, his uh, uh, mom was dating a Microsoft developer, took his badge, walked in, stole an Xbox, took off. So it, it, that's that's early hacking. That's what you did, right? That's uh, jump into a um, garbage can and grab some information. So again, it, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and a lot. That's what I'm saying. A lot of this stuff that's is coming in um, is not new, but I think it's more of a byproduct of the situations we're in. 
uh, when you're in a game come like that, um, linting an entire application can take a, a long time. Uh, having um, all the stopgap solutions like, oh, if this fails, if this fails, if this fails, then, then this is a whole other six weeks. We got to push this project back. And, and honestly, we got to take some personal blame too, right? There's people out there who is who say, oh, you're not going to release the game? I'll put guns on you. Come on, come on. It's a video game, guys. Uh, so so that's that I think is important to understand too. Um, a lot of these specifically game hackers source code to get source code from a game hackers or uh, from a, a game company to game hackers, that's very important. That's going to be uh, vectors if they ever do go online, maybe some of the original codes in there. Uh, you know, you have ways to now get tables to start doing some of the higher level stuff, like making cheats and stuff for it and et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So, okay, so here's a question I have for you guys that um, are the, these extortion behaviors, um, the, the, what they're using, their tools that they're leveraging, is it any different um, specifically to attack, um, you know, devs, for example, or is it just, it's an IP, it's an IP, it's an IP, and we're just going after whatever. Is it the same tools? I mean, they, they leverage depending on how they're getting in. I mean, a lot of the recon is done by the same tools across the board. Um, you know, some of these guys have access to um, um, like Cobalt Strike, right? Full CNC set, uh, uh, setups where they have, they just mass spray it. And if it hits it, here's a list of our targets. They're all gaming industry. And if we get in, we get in. Um, others, they'll they'll monitor for changes on the network if a dev puts up or even a second. Um, and now, now you can see that stopped being so fruitful. And so they started going after the suppliers. And again, that's developers have a reliance on upstream providers for whether it's their data, their servers, their uh, you know actual code bases that they're importing into the development, um, plus all the little gears that go with that. And yeah. If you don't get hacked, if you're not secure, now we go into application security. Where are your vendors secure? You know, um, and that's that's a compliance thing. That's a that's a whole other aspect of security. Compliance. Well, like if, if you're going to rob the bank, right? You don't try to go in <laughs> through the vault door because that's that's where literally the most amount of protection is. You're going to figure out, like in the movies, you're going to cut in from the bathroom in the store next door or something like that, and then you're going to. Depends on how Hollywood you want to get about it, but you know it goes back to you know you go after the weakest links, and those change over time. And then you can also make the generalizations, right? Like you go after the people who are the most lax with their security protocols. Wow, you just made a reference uh, that was very Hollywood, but um, I'm a Sherlock Holmes person. So if you want to see a story of that in the set in the 1880s, 90s, it's called the Redheaded League. Just saying, if you want to see someone. Rob a bank. Um, hello, hello. I've been to 221 Baker Street, so you can just check it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh. Google it. Google it. <laughs> man, you always got to trump me, man. Okay. Sorry, I, I watched all of those. I watched the original good version with the guy who actually liked Sherlock Holmes. I think he died from heroin as well. <laughs> uh, which one? Not the Basil Rathbone. I'm blanking on the other guy. In the, uh, um, the, the one from the 70s, right? Um, yeah, but he was really, really good. I don't think he was heroin though. Anyway. Well, he no, died from something, but yeah, it was, it was something dramatic. Just <laughs> yeah. He was very ill towards the end. You could see it yeah. like there, he was definitely yeah. not in a good place, but okay. So um, this is a funny question to ask, but I, I just have to. So is it too far fetched to say zero trust is needed for esports development guys? 
I, I think uh, across the board, all security is needed, and zero trust is a great model to use. You can't trust your your insiders. That's where all the attacks come from. Especially if you deal in healthcare, you'll see number one one of the number one things is uh, insider threat, and that goes across the board. I'm sure in in esports, it's the same thing. Um, and so yeah, yeah, it's definitely important. Um, but the, so is basic hygiene. So, and you need one to get the other. So there, yeah. True. Can't take anything for granted now. Everything, every device has to be secure, which is the other way of saying zero trust. That's very true. So, guys, I I am having so much fun in this conversation just because I think it's quite frankly, I think esports from a um, industry perspective is I think it's just sexier and more exciting. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of you know the colonial pipeline hack. Is so yeah, we're gonna you know Paul and I will talk about that later, but I'm tired of it. I'm I just want something cool like uh, you know. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about, um, and let me ask you guys this. So how important do you guys think of distributed denial of service attacks in the context of sport in gaming and all that stuff? Is this something again, it can, can they combat it? Is this something that can be combated or is it really going to continue to be a, a cat and mouse with the way they, whatever tools that they're leveraging? Well, I think it's going to always be an issue. It's a core issue of gaming in general. I mean, I think now DDoSs are to be expected. I think there's definitely technology. Sorry. Um, yeah, it, the technologies nowadays with games, all, there's lots of ways to mitigate these things. But ultimately, if you shove too much data in a hole, it's going to get stuck up. Um, there are tons of great ways to mitigate lots of services, the Alchemize, the Cloud Flares, the, and um, yeah, it's, it is a problem, but there are, are definitely worse ones, I believe, which would be pipelines. I think that we're going to see the occurrence of that more and more, especially when you start with um, greater broadcasting of um, esports um, events, right? Um, you know, so, um, you know, esports kind of be nascent right now, um, but it is poised to actually take over all other forms of entertainment, right? So when you have the bandwidth and, and all of these eyeballs now, and that becomes a real threat, and it's a, it's a, a threat at a, a lower level of technicality that could disrupt your entire operation, right? If you, especially if you're broadcasting, you have sponsors, um, you have people who are, who are watching there. And, you know, so it's, um, I think that if you are an esports organization that you have to hedge on the side of, hey, you know what? We want to be protected um, at all costs, especially with the fact that we're going to go live with our content. Well, yeah, HA and, and CD pipelines and all of that's very important. Um, and it's scalability, you know? It, it, the bandwidth is important, but there's so many other ways where that can fail. So I definitely agree. It's, a, it's something that we're going to have to worry about, but I, I honestly don't think it'll ever go away. It's, it's, part of, it's been part of gaming since I started gaming. I think it's, I mean, especially with, again, with the venues, uh, their level of security just appear from a pure perimeter standpoint. I mean, that's another layer, right, to ensure that there's security on that side. I mean, guys, we can keep talking and talking about this all day long. So, unfortunately, our time is wrapping up. So, Nigel and Higgs, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Is there any last parting thoughts? Because uh, the third ep episode three is going to be about the future state of security uh, with uh, esports and the gaming industry. So I don't want predictions, but are there any parting thoughts on the just the conversation today that you'd like to reiterate or remind us of or add that we haven't mentioned? 
Nigel? Uh, I'm I'm going to defer to Higgs on that one. Smart guy. If I, if I was going to wrap it up, I would say do your basics. Um, invest in the technology. Invest in your people. Um, if everybody from the minute they get on to the minute they leave is understanding uh, that they are in a battle of war, you're in the war of cybersecurity, then I think everyone will win. And that's that's really what it is. Do your basics and everything else. Do the zero trust, the super hard two FAs, and all the magic stuff, all the magic buzzwords. It all comes together if you just do your basics. That is a true, true statement. Paul, any parting thoughts, sir? No, just like you said, teamwork. It's not a tool. It's a team. You know, I love it. The team is, is responsible for security. So wonderful. So for those that want to learn more about the Cyber Warrior Network, Nigel, how uh, should they best approach and get to know you guys and learn more about you? Um, easy. Just go to cyberwarriornetwork.com and you can get yourself a free copy of the game. And we're also on all social media platforms. Um, we do have some um, pretty big announcements coming up um, along with some really cool events. So we'll keep you guys updated and we'll probably um, be, be talking about that. Um, see you on our podcast. <laughs> Oh, and hmm, what would that podcast name be? Uh, Cyber Warrior Podcast. <laughs> oh, totally not biased or anything, guys, are we? <laughs> yeah, but thank you for having us. Um, uh, always good to talk to you and Paul, and, and thank you for hosting Henny and I. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Great. great, thank you. Absolutely, thank you so much. And so I'm excited. Uh, I think that's a perfect ending for the Ransomware Battleground, episode two. We're going to come up with episode three, the future of cybersecurity in esports gaming video game industry so stay tuned you guys as always like follow subscribe chat with us we're all over social media platform and uh guys gentlemen higgs paul nigel thank you so very much thank you see you guys